Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame online wager required. Like the, the fact that so many of the seeming solutions have been there the entire time that like we're sitting here being like, get Kendrick Bourne involved, get Demario Douglas when he doesn't have a concussion to be a leading receiver on this team. If Vidarian Lowe is such a turnstile at right tackle, put on Wayne there. I don't like to disrupt the consistency of the offensive line. They've been garbage no matter what. Put Unwainu at right tackle, figure out what to do on the interior, whether it's City So or Antonio Mafi. Like, you have better depth on the interior than the garbage you're continuing to put on the right tackle spot. There are so many changes that feel like they should make sense that just aren't being done. And we are beyond that point of the year at one and five that they should just do that. Like, they have literally nothing to lose. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Patriots First and Goal, a feel-good Patriots First and Goal, which has been a bit of a rarity around these parts. I am Alex Shane here, actually excited to break down the game for once with my good buddy, Rich Hill. Rich Hill, as we both totally predicted, uh, the Patriots beat the Bills. We all saw this coming a mile away. No problem. Ho-hum. Business as usual. Yeah, as as we talked about on our last podcast, as everyone heard, like we said, there's not a chance in the world where the Patriots lose this one. There, there's just no way. They're just they're going to figure it out on offense. The defense is going to just be one of the best in the league, despite all the injuries. They're going to figure out how to slow Josh Allen. They're going to hold him down for sixty minutes, and they're just going to win. They're going to find a way to win, do whatever it takes. That's just that's what you think about Mac Jones is that his teams always find a way to win, right, Alec? I think I'm literally on record in our last podcast saying there is zero chance <laughs> the Patriots win this game. I think you can go back to the game tape and, and say that. Uh, maybe I start predicting zero chance every single week because the Patriots took down the Bills 29-25 to on a fourth-quarter comeback drive from Mac Jones at the last minute, the yeah. second of his entire career, which was awesome. And it's only the third Patriots game in 30 years where a go-ahead touchdown was scored within the last 15 seconds of a game. It was wow. this one. It was the Brady Tompkins game in 2013 against the Saints. And then it was Bledsoe to Ben Coates in 2000, also against the Bills, at the last second. A 0-0 wow. on the clock comeback. 3-30 and 30 years. So it's a pretty historic event. Not only that, Rich Hill, congratulations to Bill Belichick getting his third 300th win of his career. He's in some very mighty company now and a pretty cool way to do it. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I saw people joking about it where if you couldn't get number 300 against the Jets, 300 against the Bills will do fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was losing <laughs> those other games in between just to hurry up to the next Bills game, just to stick <laughs> it to them. Uh, I mean, like, honestly, there, there was so much to like about this game. There's so much. I'm going to do a two-second rant so then we can just turn the page and go into what they did well, and hopefully they can keep doing it well. But we literally were talking about, on this last podcast, we've been talking about this for years in various ways. (laughs) Number one, putting Wayne at right tackle. My goodness. Putting that right tackle, and it will solve so many other problems because the tackle depth is atrocious, and they at least have good enough bodies that they can put at guard. Just do that. Number two, make Kendrick Bourne the top receiver. He's the most explosive player that they have that has really good rapport with Mac Jones. Those are like the two biggest things that we've been asking for for literal years. And, you know, this season we could say, you know, start playing to Mario Douglas over everyone else. And we've been doing that since like week one. Um, To see all three of those things happen at once and to see it pan out where this was easily the best offensive game of the entire season, if not since Mac Jones's rookie year, was just so sweet to see. And I just am crossing my fingers, Alec, that they don't revert back and say, actually, Juju Smith-Schuster is back and Mario (laughs) Douglas, you're on ice. How about that fall down route on third down for no gain? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) at, at, to give myself uh, the highest compliment I can while being realistic, I am a passionate fan with a slightly above average football IQ. I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm not a coach. I don't break down the game. I don't watch all 22. But if you and I are on here like two idiots on a podcast saying move yep. on winning to tackle and get born involved, and then they do it and it works, it just makes me wonder why the hell were they just not doing that earlier if you and I saw it coming and they didn't. Is it? I don't. I don't know what it was. I don't care what it was, Rich. I'm with you as yep. long as it's still working. I'm not going to question it. Let's go first and goal, Rich. Patriots Bills. I think that this is one of those games where finally we saw Bill Belichick's favorite phrase: all three phases come yep. into play. All three phases played well. The offense didn't turn the ball over. They didn't do anything stupid. I didn't see a single Mac Jones scramble to his light, right? Close his eyes and huck it for a pick six. Yep. The defense played well. They got pressure on Josh Allen. They had a turnover. They turned the turnover into touchdowns. It was a classic Patriots feel-good win that we haven't had in a very long time. Totally, totally. And I think this just reminds me so much of the we're on to Cincinnati game back from back in 2014 where the Patriots were also facing so many issues with their offensive line that team figured it out half a you know a quarter of the season earlier than this one did but they figured out their offensive line and everything settled and followed on offense and the defense was playing as good throughout you know I mean actually at that point Darrell Rivas kind of elevated his game but this just reminded me so much of just them figuring it out on offense, it felt good. As you said, it felt very good. And I feel like uh, when was the last time a Patriots victory with Mac Jones under center felt so good? Yeah, I mean, again, we were talking before the podcast went on there. We had to go back to the last feel-good win might have been the Lions game last year. It was like 29 to nothing, but that was a Bailey Zappi game, so that didn't count. You have to go back to like his rookie season, I think, for a feel-good win. But even those wins, you could probably put asterisks on them because they were against a banged-up team or a team with no quarterback or or whatever the case was. You could always make a case for like it not being like a true win. 
But this was one of the top teams in the AFC. It was a team that was supposed to beat the crap out of the Patriots. They had gone 6-1 and one against the Patriots over the past seven games, including playoffs. They just decided to stop punting against this team, and no one had the Patriots winning. I think they were nine-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. And not only did the Patriots win, but down three points, needing a field goal to tie it, Mac Jones led a 75-yard touchdown drive to close it out. Um, yeah, I think this is probably the most signature win of his career, unless you want to count the last Bills game where he threw the ball for 19 yards three times. Can't really call that a <laughs> Mac Jones signature victory. This is probably, I, mean, I don't know if it's like the, the best game he's played of his career. It's probably the most significant win of his career so far. Totally. I mean, I, I, mean, I think uh, the way that he did it, the way that he performed, I feel like was just so night and day from what he was doing earlier in the season. And he said it afterwards. He was like, Hey, I mean, I, I had time. That's the only difference is I had an offensive line and it gave me time. And I think there was another element of trust. I mean, you don't go 25 for 30 with only one sack. If you don't feel like you have some trust in your offensive line. And on that final drive, what was like a third and eight where he found Hunter Henry he was having pressure in his face and he delivered a strike. He didn't shy away from the pressure in the way that he's done. It feels like he had that goldfish memory where all of the past issues of pressure causing him to be super skittish to do what you were saying, where he was making errant throws across the body that he never should make. There was no sign of that Mac Jones against the bills. And is it simply just that the offensive line gave him time? I think that's a huge part of it. The other part of it is that uh, Bill O'Brien was drawing up an offense that finally throw this into the same category of putting on Wayno at right tackle and Kendrick Bourne, uh, giving him more time, using motion, having receivers just move, generate separation that way because the Patriots had the least amount of separation from the receivers of any team in the league getting into this game. And then they used a season high and if not like past three season high amount of motion for those wide receivers. And it worked. Surprise, surprise. All of the numbers have pointed to that being a big driver of success for offenses is incorporating some degree of motion. And this has been a trend for years. And to finally see it be incorporated in a way that we haven't been seeing it again, crossing my fingers because all of these changes made this the most effective Patriots offense we've seen in years. I'm Rich. Do you think this is the offensive line combination we're going to see going forward? Trent Brown at left tackle, Cole Strange, David Andrews, City Sow, and then on Wenu. That's that. That's kind of like the lineup. Do you think, or you still, still some some plug and play going to happen there? It has to be. It has to be that lineup because. It, I don't see any player coming off the bench that would be better than them. Obviously everything is contingent on the players being healthy, but uh, I mean, four of those players have always been locks in one role or another. Like Trent Brown was always going to be left tackle. If healthy, same with Cole strange and David Andrews. Those are the, your entire left side and center. If they're healthy and Wayne and then whoever would be the other right blank position, whether it's guard or tackle, that was always the question mark. It, you know, if it was Cole McDermott and he was playing league average, maybe it would have been fine to leave Nwenu at right guard. But with clearly no talent at that tackle spot, with every single option that they've had just been either banged up or unplayable, Nwenu is the only option. And then City Sao, you know, he had his career game. He hasn't been great at this point in the year, but he put together a very strong performance. Obviously, he still has to build his rapport with Andrews next to him uh, at center. And there were some, you know, some twists that got away from the offensive line as a result. 
but that was a strong outing. And, you know, he was he right tackle his freshman year in college. The rest of the time he was at right guard. So he's very comfortable there. And I see no reason why, barring an injury to one of these starters, that this should not be the offensive line moving forward. And to follow that up, Rich, do you think that, you know, one of the reasons that the Patriots have had such poor success was because like Mac Jones said, he had no time to throw, Yeah, but there were bad offensive lines in the years past. The Patriots were able to kind of work around. Do you think they just don't have the offensive personnel? It's not like a Julian Edelman and a James White for the quick screen or the quick out or the hot route to, to kind of remedy that. Cause I feel like they, no matter what they tried in weeks past, like nothing was working offensively. And for whatever reason, it, it, it just clicked. Did it not have the personnel to kind of compensate for a weaker offensive line this year? Or did something finally kind of click in the film room where they kind of figured out how to make the personnel they have work? Yeah, I mean, I think they still miss a true third down back. They have made that be Ramondre Stevenson's role. That's actually how they've been using him is that, you know, he and Ezekiel Elliott split rushing down roles, but on third down, regardless of who the other back was on the first two downs, they put in Stevenson. So Stevenson is taking that third down role. And yeah, they definitely missed that. There's no doubt about it that Stevenson is not as talented of a receiving back as the other players. But they're making do. I mean, he had a big, big play last game. So, like, he's capable of breaking free. He just isn't as reliably able to move the chains as his predecessors. Um, But, I mean, they definitely do have a weakness at all of their positional groups. But they're also shifting utility. They're shifting which players are seeing the field. And... On, over the past two weeks, we've seen Kendrick Bourne be elevated from being the wide receiver three to being the wide receiver one. We've seen Devontae Parker get shifted downwards. He right now is splitting time with Demario Douglas. Uh, looking at just the personnel matchups, Kendrick Bourne is there pretty much every single snap. In uh, three receiver sets, Demario Douglas is always going to be on the field. In two wide receiver sets, they're putting in Parker. Um and then sometimes actually they're putting in Rieger. So it's an area where uh, it's not like an if or kind of a thing. They have their their sets. If they want to have blockers, they'll use the bigger wide receivers. If they want to have receivers, they'll use Demario Douglas. And it telegraphs a little bit what the Patriots want to do. Um, but I think the biggest shift has kind of happened at tight end. They've been reducing their reliance on Hunter Henry. The percent of offensive snaps that he's been playing has decreased successively in each of the past four weeks. Some of it is going to Gusecki, but a lot of it is going to Pharaoh Brown. And uh, I'm always surprised. Um, Pro Football Focus has him rated as their number one tight end in the entire (laughs) league, which I find hilarious. I think they have him at like a 92.6, which is elite. That is like Gronk over a full season level of grade, which is funny. I don't care. That's funny. Um, But it's one where he is taking away blocking snaps away from uh, Hunter Henry, which is great. I mean, Hunter Henry has always been like very mediocre as a blocker for the Patriots. And so Brown is better. And Gasecki is never going to be a blocking tight end, even though they've tried to use him in that way. And it seems like every single time they throw the ball to Brown, something good happens. Yeah. And I've been very impressed. He he runs as if he has like a tranquilizer dart in his body somewhere, but he still keeps moving and he is chugging and they cannot take him down. But I feel like the incorporation of him as uh, a tight end has given them a reliable, uh, you know, offensive player that uh they just haven't had in recent years 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, he's kind of like a new Patriots Hall of Fame inductee, Mike Vrabel. Like, every time Mike Vrabel caught the ball, it was a touchdown. And he's like, I think, he, I think he had 12 career receptions for touchdowns. Um, maybe he's just one of those guys. Like, he's, I think the reason he's so highly rated is because, like, every time he catches the ball, it's like a 50-yard or 30-yard reception. He kind of just barrels down the field. And great, more power to it. I mean, that was the, the Tom Brady philosophy. The best guy's the open guy. And if they're scheming guys open, if they're motioning him out, if the Farrell Browns even remotely – a passing threat, which he is, and he's down yeah. there in like a big set and you motion him out, great. Get Kaseki the mismatch you need, which was the mismatch you needed for the winning touchdown that he caught. That was a huge mismatch they exploited. So, look, it, it's all working. Uh, I would still like to see the running game be a little bit more effective, you know, other than mm-hmm. the, the 20-yard Demario Douglas end around and a Mac Jones scramble. I think it was like 65 combined rushing yards for, for Stevenson and Elliott. Not a great day on the ground, but maybe that was more game plan specific and Mac Jones was throwing so accurately. But, you know, yeah. hopefully there's offensive line gelling. We'll see like, that signature kind of grind them out, control the clock with the run game win uh, in weeks to come. But that's probably my only real criticism of this offense so far against this game, Rich. It's just the, the running game wasn't wasn't stellar, but it was good enough. It moved the ball, made the play action effective. That's all you need yeah. sometimes. Yeah, totally. And I think that uh, what I liked was that uh, even if Stevenson wasn't like breaking anything massively on the ground, I felt like he was running with more burst than usual. And I, I mean, we always have to just acknowledge too that the Bills are dealing with a lot of injuries of their own. They're, they're down Matt Milano, who's an all pro linebacker. They're down Tredavious White at the cornerback. So that definitely made it a lot easier for Mac Jones through the air. They're missing Ed Oliver, who was their like biggest pass rusher up the middle. Uh, and so it's like you're not playing the Bills A team. But, like, I thought just from an eye test that Stevenson looked as decisive and explosive and with as much burst as he has all year, which is great to see. And I thought even Elliot, even though, like, he also didn't have a great, great day, was also looking pretty good. Uh, I, I think that they're contributing as, you know, averagely as you would like. And if uh, they're able to do enough on the ground that teams can't just drop eight against Mac Jones to make it just completely untenable to throw the ball. That's pretty good. I mean, I I think that what they found against this bill's defense uh, is a recipe that they can absolutely replicate moving forward. It wasn't like they just had three fluke plays go their way to win it. They were doing something that was very sustainable and they had an offense that I would imagine they're going to try and do moving forward. Do you think you say the same, Rich, with the Patriots' defense, the way they handled the Bills' offense? Josh Allen's a mobile quarterback. There was no real breakout stud. I mean, the biggest receiver was Dalton Kincaid. He had 75 yards. Stephon Diggs had, uh, I think, six for 58 in that touchdown, but he wasn't really a huge factor. Is what the yeah. Patriots did against the Bills, is that something they can do going forward? And what did they do to really stifle this offense? Totally. I mean, I, I think what they did was uh, similar to what they did against the Raiders. And I mean, this defense has not been given a lot of good opportunities because of how bad the offense has been. You know, that's like where the complimentary football goes into play is uh, the Patriots just not giving their defense good field position, like opposing team. It's a bottom 10, uh, you know, uh, opportunity for the defense as it relates to opposing teams starting like on their own 30. So the Patriots, they're already starting with the backup against the wall. But what they've done is absolutely shut down the first wide receiver of the opposing team, according to DVOA, uh, defensive value over uh, or uh, value over uh, replacement or over average. They are the number one defense in the NFL against wide receiver ones. The absolute first. They rank like bottom three, defending wide receiver two, wide receiver three, tight end number one, and like running back number one through the air. So like. 
that's how they're making their choices. They're saying, you're not going to beat us with your number one. If your Dalton Kincaid, if your tight end number two happens to put up 75 yards, we can live with that. What is not going to happen is Stefan Diggs going for 203 scores. What is not going to happen is Tyreek Hill going for 200 and a score. What we are going to do is try and limit them and make you beat us with your number three, number four, which is always what Bill Belichick has done. And, you know, props to Jack Jones and uh, JC Jackson for combining those efforts against Diggs, who has usually been very productive against the Patriots. Uh, Jackson's ability to reintegrate into this Patriots defense has been shocking. What I mean, obviously, he's not been perfect there. He's still making some mistakes and like he's been fortunate on a lot of bounces that have gone in his favor. But this has been a defense that has not a lot of pieces. All of their blue chip players other than Duggar are hurt. And to see the defensive backs continue to step up, to see Anthony Jennings play stellar football. He's been very, very good for the Patriots on the outside. For the Patriots to have the next man up, all performing extremely well for Christian Barmore to have himself a day. I think that what they're also doing on defense is replicable and fingers crossed, they'll be able to gel a little bit more as Jack Jones and Jonathan Jones get a little bit healthier. Um, and uh, hopefully, like Uche will be able to contribute more on the defensive front. Keon White, who missed practice on Wednesday, hopefully he'll be able to contribute more uh, as he gets healthier. I think that this defense is also going to be competitive enough that they can, you know, help the team if this offense is able to play this way, go to toe to toe with most teams. And uh, extra credit goes to your favorite guy. Kendrick Bourne for having that fumble to give them the short field they needed to keep themselves fresh because they're going to be that. That seems to be one thing every single game. Yep. The poor defense has a short field they have to defend. It's, but I think if you look at the way the defense has played all season, like they really are a good defense that's gotten yeah. a bum hand a bunch of times. I mean, the number of times they've been down like three scores without having actually given them a point, you know, it, just, it happens sometimes. So, yeah, I think you're, the next man up philosophy is most exciting for me. Jack Jones, um, Jonathan Jones. JC Jackson, Jawan Bentley, Jabril Peppers. What a what a Peppers, what a so what good. a season he is having. Not just with the pick, that was just a great read and a great breakoff. But as in terms of just like a, a run stuffing linebacker, safety guy, uh, I'm never going to go so far and say he's like the Devin McCourty replacement because he's an irreplaceable player. But uh, the yep. jump Jabril Peppers has made from 2022 to 2023 is phenomenal. And I keep forgetting Adrian Phillips is even on the team. He was kind of like a no, key contributor. Totally to the team last season. And he's kind of just been phased out this year. And uh, maybe he's like a weird trade deadline target. Cause like peppers is just, he's just the man back there and peppers and Duggar is a fierce safety combination. Totally, totally. And I, I mean, what allows them to do this so much is how the rest of the defense has kind of pulled together. You know, they, they're putting Phillips in there cause they didn't trust their, uh, linebackers to be able to cover anyone out of the backfield and so to have Jawan Bentley be so reliable out there to have uh, Jelani Tavai also be very good he's been very solid this year uh, and then also Anthony Jennings to have those types of players be productive means that the Patriots can have more flexibility be more stout against the run they rank number one in the entire league in yards allowed per carry um and I, I think my last thought on this defense moving forward and why I think that they'll continue to do better is they rank last in the league in turnovers forced. Absolutely last in the league. They've only had five turnovers uh, or five takeaways this year. And Belichick's defenses are always better at that. 
And I feel like there's going to be some reversion that happens and they're going to go on a streak where over you know the coming weeks, they're going to force a lot more turnovers than what we've seen. JC Jackson, Mr. INT, I am expecting him to be able to come away with some. And I think that when this defense is able to force more, more turnovers, give the offense favorable field position, we're going to start seeing, hopefully, fingers crossed, this offense be able to replicate what it did against the Bills, take advantage of those, that positive field position, and play with leads that they have not been able to play with for years. They have not been able to play with leads since Mac Jones' rookie year when they were running up the score against the Jaguars. This has just not been a situation that they've been in. And I'm imagining, uh, you know, as they play, maybe not this week against the Dolphins, but hopefully some of the worst teams when uh, you play against, like, Washington with their league leading, like, 46 sacks through seven weeks that they'll be able to force some turnovers and kind of flip the script a little bit and get a big lead early on yeah i mean look very soft schedule coming up and then a bye week so there's a really gonna be a lot of opportunities to build on this unfortunately not this coming week rich because the dolphins it's in miami (laughs) if this was peak tom brady it's still the dolphins in miami it's an absolute nightmare show for all of us so let's get the second down rich hill Around the league, it is week eight. The season is almost half over. I never know how that happens, but here we find ourselves. Halloween, halfway point of the season. Are there any games besides Patriots-Dolphins you're psyched about for this week? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like uh, we're at the point where we both know which games are going to be interesting and uh, what teams you do want to look out for. Um, I would say some of the teams that I want to see might be individual, might not be like an indication of a good game or anything like that. But Lamar Jackson has the Ravens. I mean, he's back in his MVP form. He is taken over. They finally have him good receivers. He's in a good offensive system and they are lighting it up. They just went ran all over the lions last week and they're playing the one and six Cardinals. That's going to be one of those games where, uh, it might not be a competitive game, but it could be a lot of fun if you're a fan of offense to see the Ravens uh, and Lamar Jackson kind of uh, run circles around this Cardinals team. Uh, but I, I would say the competitive games that might be most interesting, the three and three Bengals on the road against the five and two 49ers. Uh, Joe Burrow is looking more healthy than he has at any other point this year. And he's has the Bengals turned around a little bit. So I see them as an ascending team. Uh, and then the other one that I feel like uh, you know, is going to be interesting to see, Five and two Jaguars on the road against the four and two Steelers. It's a game between two teams that I consider to be paper Tigers. I don't know if they're any good at all, uh, but those are the two teams that the Patriots will be looking for when it comes time to, you know, if the Patriots aren't going to tank, if they're going to be competing for a wild card spot, those will be the teams that they'll have to beat down the stretch uh, or, you know, at least like beat out for the final wild card spot. And so I'm curious to see if these two teams are going to be able to assert themselves as being real or are they going to have the wheels start falling off? Tell you, I, uh, I I imagine these schedule makers are cringing at their primetime selections for this Sunday and Monday because <laughs> Bears Chargers is not turning anybody on. And Raiders Lions was exciting a little while ago, but Garoppolo might still be out. The Lions just got smacked around. So who knows what's going to happen there? NFC match would be pretty good. Vikings Packers. I'm psyched for this game. The Vikings got a big win. Kirk Cousins, I love that guy. He's just a fun quarterback to watch. I don't know if he's underrated or overrated or properly rated, but he just like he just wins games when he needs to. Jordan unappreciated. Love is, he under, underappreciated. I'll take it. I mean, I have no rooting interest in that game, but I think that should be from a competitive standpoint, a pretty fun one to watch. However, I will not be watching it because it's at the same time as Patriots Dolphins. Let's get to that game, Rich. Third and goal after this. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. 
Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Rich, here we are. The Patriots do not beat Tua. Uh, They don't win in Miami. The Patriots are playing Tua in Miami. They're coming off a big win against the Bills, who spanked the Dolphins. So maybe this is like a rock, paper, scissors thing. Maybe. uh, Maybe. This is, I mean, I'll tell you this, though. If the Patriots are able to beat the, the Bills and the Dolphins back-to-back, they go to 3-1 and one in the AFC East, so there's some mm-hmm. divisional tiebreakers. They'll have beaten two of the teams that are considered to be the top in the AFC in the conference, and then they'll be coming into a really soft part of the schedule with the opportunity to turn it around and maybe come into the bye above 500. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. Let's start with the Patriots offense, the surprise of the Bills game against the Dolphins defense because the Bills Bills are not the same team the Dolphins are. Different defensive strengths, different offensive strengths. If you are Bill Belichick, you're Bill O'Brien, how are you strategizing to attack this Dolphins defense? Yeah, I mean, it's a defense that isn't bad. They have a lot of injuries. Pretty much every single cornerback that they have is banged up. Um, But they're also not a great defense. Uh, the the hapless Patriots uh, scored 17 points. The hapless Broncos, obviously that was when the offense went off for 70, but they allowed 20 points. Bills scored 48. Eagles went for 31. Chargers opened up the season with 34. This is a bad uh, overall defense. They rank 25th in points allowed per drive. They, uh, you know, rank 19th in overall passing defense they allow teams to move the ball where they've been able to have success is when their offense is able to score and make it a one dimensional game. If the Patriots are able to keep up uh, or, you know, just like at least score a little bit early on withstand the Dolphins early offensive onslaught. I think that the Patriots offense should have a chance against this defense. Uh, they're hurt. Uh, Javon Holland, one of their best safeties is dealing with a concussion right now. He's unlikely to go. He's their team leading tackler. Uh, they have uh, all of those injuries that I mentioned at cornerback. Uh, this is an opportunity where maybe the Patriots are catching them at the right time. I think honestly, a lot of what the Patriots did against the bills will also work here against this Dolphins team, especially if all of those players are dealing with injuries. I don't think that this is a great defense, as I mentioned, but I think if the Patriots offensive line is able to perform the same way against the Dolphins as they did against the Bills, I think that the Patriots, even with all of their injuries on defense, can continue to be competitive. So, Rich, and uh, on first and goal, I talked about how my one kind of gripe with the Bills game was the running game wasn't as stellar as it could have been, even with the offensive line short up. Only 65 yards combined for Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson. We talked about all the injuries in the secondary for the Dolphins. So is this really a game where you just want to air it out anyway and capitalize on the mismatch, or do you establish the run here at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if even establishing the run is helpful or is needed like i think the chargers skewed a lot of things by putting up 233 yards on the ground uh in week one since that point they've been a little bit better uh against the run i think a lot of it too is that they've been able to get big scores so opposing teams just aren't able to run the ball it's just not been part of the game script um 
but I, I don't think that it's a good run defense. I think one of the best players that they have who is healthy, you know, two, I mean, two of their best players are healthy are Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins, and you want to avoid them. But if the Patriots are able to go strength on strength there, I, I can see the Patriots going, you know, 90 yards on the ground in a score because this is not one of those world beating defenses. Um, but I, I think where I would want to draw more of my attention is looking at the the cornerback role and where the Patriots, I feel like, should be in a stronger position to take advantage of it. Uh, because if you, if you look at their top snap getters uh, at cornerback, uh, Kohu Kader is their leading cornerback just due to all the other injuries. He was limited uh, with a neck injury. Xavier Howard, he's their, you know, their top cornerback, but he's also been dealing with injuries. He has a groin injury, was limited in practice. Uh, Eli Apple's been healthy. That's fine. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey has been dealing with a knee injury, hasn't been playing. So you got a lot of injuries up and down this defense uh, in the secondary. So even if the Patriots are able to get certain things going on the ground, I think what the Patriots did against the Bills where they were getting motion, they're getting Kendrick Bourne open, I think that's going to be the recipe for success. I would like to see them run the ball so they can do something they did really well against the Bills, which is establish the play action. Uh, when Mac Jones is under center and is able to successfully steal that play action, uh, I think that really does stuff for the tight ends, which is why Farrell Brown is going to be my X factor. I was going to go with Mike Gusecki as my X factor, but I feel like it might be an easier pick because I feel like he's kind of come off that, that big game winner. Maybe they'll be targeting him a lot more. But Farrell Brown, we talked about it um, against the uh, first down. It's just he always seems to like have like, two catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. That's kind of like his stat line. So I can see Farrell Brown as a chip blocker. I can see him being moved around a lot as that jumbo tight end. And I see him getting at least two or three big uh, first down conversions. So Farrell Brown, I'm on the Farrell Brown Express. I'm all in on that guy. Um, I love that. I love that because uh, the Dolphins have allowed the seventh most passing yards to tight ends in the entire league. Uh, and the other teams are kind of the expect, like the Broncos rank last. And so, uh, if it's not going to be Hunter Henry, if it's not going to be a big uh, Gasecki game as his return, I can see Brown putting up some some points. I would say if the Patriots' three tight ends can combine for like 80 yards and a score, that's a really good sign. That's a really good sign. Um, my X factor is going to be a little bit on the, the easier side. It's going to be on the the you know personnel decision making. Uh, <laughs> I'm leaving on what we talked about in the first half, but like if they don't go back. To Onwenu at right tackle, if they don't do the motion that they were doing against the Bills, if they don't lead with Kendrick Bourne and Demario Douglas, they're not going to have a chance. They're just not going to. And that's why my X factor is just like, are they going to commit to what was working? I have no idea. I think <laughs> I've been burned so many times where Kendrick Bourne has a big breakout game. And then I'm like, yes, they finally got it. He's the best receiver that they have. And then they just lock him up and use him as a wide receiver for. And so I am not counting on them to replicate what they did against the Bills, but I would love to see it. And so that's my, like, if, if they don't do that, they don't have a chance. If they do commit to it, then they might find a way to pull this off. Love that. The offensive X factor is, are they going to do what worked last time? Who knows? <laughs> Which gets me to actually some, some interesting offensive prop bets for this week, Rich Hill. Uh, true or false, there will be a, I'm not going to say a name, just, well, there will be a Patriots receiver with 100 total receiving yards. Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of like where uh, any players able to pull up uh, 100, who, like, who is the last Patriots 100-yard receiver? Um, it's been a while. 
it's been a while. I, I they didn't have one at all last year. Um, I think that uh, the Dolphins do allow a lot of points to uh, wide receivers. Uh, they also rank, uh, I think it's like seventh worst. Uh, they've allowed the seventh most passing yards to wide receivers. Part of that is due to the game script. Teams have to throw. Um, I think they've faced uh, you know the fifth most targets of any team in the league just because they forced other teams to throw the ball. So it's hard to look at it from that perspective. But if Xavier Howard is injured, uh, if you know Jalen Ramsey obviously has like been dealing with his injury, this is a circumstance that could play to the Patriots' favors. Will Kendrick Bourne be that player? That's the only option I see. It, it's going to be can Kendrick Bourne get 100 yards or not? I would say yes. I would say right. this is the day. This is the day, uh, you know, X Factor completely being a part of it. If they continue to keep Kendrick Bourne involved, I see him doing it. Kendrick Bourne is one of those players that, you know, when Cooper Cup was having his career year with the Rams, he always said that the best receiver that he, like the better receiver than himself at uh, was Eastern Washington was Kendrick Bourne. He, he said, he's always said that Kendrick Bourne is more talented than he is. And if the Patriots are able to get Bourne as involved in this offense as all of like the tape shows, as all of his explosiveness shows, as all of his production has showed when he's given the opportunity, he should be a hundred yard receiver every single day if he gets the target he deserves. And so I think that it finally happens. So if that finally happens, this finally the week you take the over on, or take the over on my over under for two Mac Jones touchdowns. You're oh, I'll the take over the over on this one. You're taking the over. Three Mac Jones he, touchdowns. He's gonna get three touchdowns in this one. Again, all caveats apply. <laughs> but I, I think that uh you know Kendrick Bourne will get one, a tight end will get one, and I think a running back will get one. Wow. Okay. So three. I don't think Mac Jones has had three passing touchdowns all season. So not only do we get a hundred yard receiver, we get three passing touchdowns from Mac Jones. Uh, zero turnover from the offense. Yes or no? No. They're gonna, they're no. gonna have one. They're gonna have one. I would love for them to hold on to the ball, um, but I'll believe it when I see it. They've had one game where they haven't turned the ball over. Uh, I mean, fortunately too, they're they're playing against a Dolphins team that's not good at forcing turnovers. Um, they're very streaky. They obviously had two forced turnovers against the Patriots back in Week Two. They had three against the Broncos. Outside of those two games, they had two forced turnovers against the Eagles, and that's it. They've had four games with no turnovers. So I'm going to say it's not impossible that they don't have any. It's more that I don't trust the Patriots' offense more so than I think that the Dolphins' defense is going to be a takeover machine. Yeah, probably. They seem to be good for at least one turnover a game. I just hope it's not a crippling turnover. That's the problem. It's always these crippling, game-crushing turnovers that end up screwing them over uh Patriots defense fourth and goal rich Patriots defense gets the Dolphins offense this is probably where the big matchup is that Dolphins offense obviously is incredibly explosive however they are wildly banged up Tyree killed in practice today with a hip injury I think Moster is dealing with an ankle injury the Dolphins are just hurt all across the board so maybe some injuries hampering some of the speedsters such a high flying offense so much speed all over the place so many weapons What's your strategy for slowing these guys down? They did it in week one, and they, the Eagles did it, so it's been done. But is there something you can take away from what other teams have done? The Patriots can also apply. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're recording this week two uh, or Wednesday. So what we're seeing is, uh, as you mentioned, their top four yards getters on the year are all hurt. Like Jalen Waddle's the most healthy of their top four, and he's dealing with a back injury. So Hill, most of their top two players, did not practice on Wednesday with a hip and an ankle injury, respectively. Um, then they have Braxton Berrios. So I would say 
the injuries again do fall into the Patriots' favor if they're able to get all of the players that they uh, can on the defensive side of the ball. Where have teams had success slowing them down? Uh, a lot of it's come from forcing turnovers. Again, the the uh, Dolphins have not been super great about protecting the football. When they do, they do a good job of it. They score a lot of points, but they're very middling as it relates to protecting the ball. There's only been one game where they did not turn the ball over. That was their big 70-point game against the Broncos. And, uh, I mean, they are very, very productive. I think what the the Eagles did well uh, was, you know, forced Tua into some bad decisions, but also they kind of just let him feed Tyreek through the air. Like, if you, if you look at how the Eagles typically play, um, they or sorry how the dolphins typically play it is pretty top heavy as it relates to production but 15 targets to tyreek six to jalen waddle everyone else had like three or fewer and a lot of it was dump offs to running backs and so what the eagles said is that yes you can throw the ball to tyreek but we're not going to let him take anything big he only had uh very very minimal yards i want to say it was uh i don't know if you have the number in front of you right now but it was like uh six, 88 yards on 11 catches with one of them going for 27 it was just minimal production when he actually caught the ball and so that's what the patriots have to do and like that's where my biggest concern with this defense is is that they've not been as consistent as it relates to being really good with their tackling. You know, group tackling is what will make all the difference here. The more missed tackles that they have in the secondary, the more mistakes that they have, the more likely the Dolphins are to run it up. But if you can bottle Tyreek in a way that like he's not getting a big chunk play after big chunk play, it's doable. And I, I think that the Eagles have one of the the best secondaries in the league somehow they've been able to just you know get Darius Slay and James Bradbury like the best cornerback duo in the league somehow um but Patriots have had success slowing down Tyreek in the past and I don't see why they can't do it again um the you know if Jonathan Jones is healthy and able to go he'll likely get the nod to do it and then they probably use JC Jackson against Jalen Waddle my I mean the x factor is very clearly who is going to cover Tyreek and how well can they do it yeah, I mean, that always is a question. How healthy is Tyreek? You know, hip injuries are not the kind you can really grind through if you're a speedster. So I'm not sure of the severity of that. If I had to bet, I think he'll probably play. I imagine all these guys will probably yeah. play. Uh, I can't see them all sitting out. That, that, that'd be insane. But look, I mean, again, the Patriots were able to contain the Dolphins. The Dolphins are not this like scoring machine. The Broncos are just terrible. That's such an anomaly. You're never going to score 70 points in the game again. It's just, it's just insane to think that. Uh, what's really what I, I'm very most curious about is, you know, the Patriots are all about. They did it with Diggs. They do it every week. We're taking away your number one weapon. I'm guessing that's Tyreek Hill. He's like their number one weapon. But their number yeah. two and three and four weapon aren't this like. There's not this massive disparity between number one and number four, where it's just like they can't burn you other ways. So I guess the question is like, can other guys step up? You can't double cover everybody. Christian Gonzalez isn't there anymore. That's the biggest loss. I, I, I'm amazed we're talking about a rookie as a big loss, but it just is. Uh, yep. Is the personnel available going to be able to contain these guys? And it's in Miami, Rich, which yep. we all know is is no fun. Uh, my X Factor, I got to kind of ride the hot hand from last week and go with Jabril Peppers as my X Factor. That's I think a good choice. 
I think he'd be great in the robber role. You know, Tua is a very mobile quarterback, but I don't I don't really pin him as like he takes off all the time. He's more just really good at extending the play for long enough for someone to get open. That's what he's really good at. And there's enough speed in that Dolphins roster that's not that hard for guys to you can't cover them for for five, six seconds. You just can't. Nobody can. Grievous nope. couldn't in his prime. Nobody can. So uh can there be a, a player that can stop him from doing that? They can collapse the pocket that can break off in the robber role. And when you see him starting to go, Peppers has that instinct. So hopefully another big game yep. and gets another pick against Tua. Tua and Allen back-to-back weeks interception. They'd be very happy. Yeah. I mean, like, I think the big hit that he put on Devontae Adams against the Raiders, he's going to have to do something like that with Tyreek. Like anything to deter the Dolphins from navigating in the middle of the field, that was the cleanest, like, interception hit that you could draw up. And if Peppers, who has been the Patriots' best player this year right now, especially with all the injuries, if he's able to play at the same level that he has been, he can definitely take over this game. I, I completely believe that. Yeah. No, he could. Uh, but but the question is, can he? And that is the real question. I, and I don't know the answer to that question, Rich. I really don't. However, I have some prop bets for you, as I always do with the offensive defense. Uh, number one, well, we're talking about prep peppers and containing Tua. Uh, they, only sock Josh, they only sacked Josh Allen once last week against the Bills. I'm going to go with two sacks on Tua over under. Two sacks on Tua. I'm taking the under. Um, I, I don't think that the Patriots have the juice up front with Judon gone. But I think it's okay. I think what they've found is a good mix of pressure to collapse the pocket. Like Tua is not the most mobile of quarterbacks coming out of the backfield. He's able to navigate traffic well, but he's not going to be scrambling left and right. This is not how he plays. And so I think what the Patriots will want to do is disrupt his schedule with the wide receivers, but then just make him uncomfortable because he can make mistakes. He can get to be streaky if you uh, don't let him get into his rhythm. And so I see them just doing the squeezing the pocket, bringing the pressure up the middle. If Barmore is healthy and able to go, he could do a lot up the middle without even getting a sack. You know, I, I don't think that the sacks are what's going to be determinate, but it's going to be can the Patriots generate pressure against this Dolphins defensive front? And I think it's possible. I don't, I don't think, I mean, we mentioned this back at the beginning of the season and it hasn't changed. I don't think that they have the best offensive line in the league. They definitely see a lot of pressure. Um, but like, can the Patriots be the team that does it? Because the Dolphins will also get rid of the ball really, really quickly. And so that's where Peppers comes more into play of if the Patriots can generate quick pressure and force two to throw it early, then that's where the Patriots defensive back should hopefully be able to capitalize. So for under two sacks and releasing the ball quickly, uh, are you going to take the over under 300 passing yards for Tua? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think I'm going to take the under. I think because the Patriots haven't given up a 300-yard passer uh, this year. And, uh, you know, with all of the injuries, I I don't think that they'll want to. You know, even if the uh, Dolphins uh, are in a comfortable spot, with so many injuries to their wide receivers, I can see them, you know, kind of challenging the Patriots' offense to keep pace. Uh, I don't see them feeling a strong need to push the tempo on offense, and I can see them settling into their run game if they need to. Um, but I, I, I'm going to take the under on that. I think the Patriots will hold them below 300. That'd be good, especially if they get the run game going. I, I do have most in my fantasy teams, so I have very mixed feelings about how this is mm. supposed to go, but. Um, He's such a boom bust player. Uh, this isn't really a prop bet, Rich Hill, but we're kind of closing out the podcast while so we'll get to end the prop bet on the defensive side. Um, true or false, the Patriots have turned a corner 
and the Bills game was not a fluke. It is not a kind of blip on the schedule. And this Dolphins game will be more of the same. Not don't don't make a predict. They, they could still lose and and feel they've turned a corner. Yeah. But um, do you think the Bills game was the wake up moment? They've kind of got where they need to be, or is that kind of just one of those? They're the bad team, like the, the Cleveland Browns that beat the Patriots the one time, or whatever the case may be, where a good team upsets a bad team and vice versa. Totally, and I mean that comes down to my offensive X factor. Do the Patriots do what works? And the fact that it's not like an obvious, yes, they will. Uh, that, I mean, I, I, it's hard to answer it because as I said, I've seen them feel like they've turned a corner and then just completely revert back. And so, I mean, if we continue to see them use motion on offense, if we continue to see them drive with Kendrick Bourne and Demario Douglas, if we continue to see Unwainu at right tackle, then I will say yes. I mean, the only unit that needs to turn a corner is the offense. And that was the best offensive performance we've seen since Mac Jones's rookie year. And if they're able to do that against, uh, you know, a banged up Bills defense, but still a quality defense, then they can do that against a lot of teams in the NFL. And they'll just get better if this is finally, as we said, if this is what's turning the corner, then they're going to gel with this. And we are at that point in the season where Bill Belichick typically says these are the things we can do these are the things we can't do let's focus on the stuff we can do and they had nothing that they could do through the the first six games of the season and so now that they have one game of stuff that they could do i see it being very much belichick's mo to say well this is what we're doing because we're at this point of this year so like we're not going to reinvent the wheel but we found something so let's just see if it works and so if they pull it off, if they do it again, then I will say absolutely yes, they've turned a corner. Well, like you and I have always said, buddy, September and most of October is just one extension of the preseason, right? That's just always <laughs> the way it is. <laughs> like, yeah, again, yeah, I, I think, again, I, this is kind of a, a hedging my bet, but I think we'll know a lot more by this time next week where the Patriots yep. stand. They don't even necessarily need to win, but if they make another game of this and it's just another situation where, again, we were both pretty happy with the Eagles game. We both felt they could have beaten the, the the Dolphins the first time around. Then it was just such a stretch of just completely inept football that you had to wonder what the hell was going on. Back on track with the Bills and then another big test and then another really soft part of the schedule. So we'll know a lot more by this time next week. However, Rich, you and I both picked the Bills to beat the Patriots in our predictions on this one. So we've been wrong yet again. Uh, I think I was the last correct one. Yes, I was because I had the Raiders winning. Uh, I guess it is on me. Listen, I said there was zero chance the Bills were losing to the Patriots, and look what happened. So I have to stay true to the superstition in me. There is zero chance the Patriots beat the Dolphins this week. It's in Miami. They never win in Miami. They they, they don't win there. The, the Dolphins are probably pretty pissed off about the way the Eagles kind of smacked them around a little bit on national television, looking to right the ship a little bit. Mm-hmm. Patriots maybe a little cocky, or people are thinking they're cocky. They're here to shut everybody up. The Dolphins do what the Dolphins do. Tua goes to, what, 7-0 against Bill Belichick this Sunday. I'm taking the Dolphins uh, on a close one, but Dolphins probably maybe repeat what they did last time, 24-17. to Interesting, interesting. Okay. Again, a lot of that, though, is I'm just riding – me denying the Patriots no, are going to win. No, no, no. You, they- this is you. This is uh, this is you being a Patriots hater, Alec. You yeah. uh, don't believe in this team. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Patriots can't beat the Bills. Patriots can't mount a comeback. Mac Jones is done. This team is over. There's no way they can beat Tua. There's no way they can win in Miami. There's no way. Uh, 
if we are saying that the Patriots have turned the page, there was no better getting the monkey off of their back type of performance than what they had against this Buffalo Bills team where Mac Jones led them to a last second touchdown to win the game. I think that that showed more like mental toughness than we've seen from this team in a very long time where they overcame that late fumble from Kendrick Bourne and then they put Bourne back in. To me, to me, that says that this team has turned a page, that Kendrick Bourne has earned the trust of the coaching staff, that he is going to continue to be that top receiver option, that they would not have put him back in there if they didn't believe that he should continue to be that top receiver moving forward. So I have a lot of belief that they are going to continue to do what worked. And so I think the Patriots pull this one off Mm. 27 to 24. It'll go down to the last minute again. Uh, I could see it being either the Dolphins driving, the Patriots defense having a big stop at the end of the game, or I could see it being, you know, a Ryland proving himself like field goal to win it as the time expires. But this is going to be a very close game in my mind. I think that we're going to see a lot from this Patriots team that will make us feel very hopeful for the rest of the year um, because they did all of the right things against Buffalo. For all of the wrong things that they did at the beginning of the season, they started to do the right things, and it worked. And I feel like they're starting to believe. Like Morpheus talking about Neo – (laughs) He's starting to believe there is no spoon. Uh, Mac Jones was standing in the pocket with pressure bearing down his face, and he threw a strike to Hunter Henry. And that was the moment for me where I said, huh, maybe he's back on it. For everything that we felt where uh, against that Cowboys game where we're like, is he done? There's nothing he can do. We've seen this happen with the Jets quarterback before. That throw alone made me get back on the train and I have uh, I have to think that this team can pull it off all right man I'll tell you something Rich Hill if the Patriots beat the Bills and the Dolphins back to back including in Miami the internet might explode and there's going to be a lot of people in the Boston media backtracking very quickly Uh, I'm almost concerned just the overall well-being of the New England area if that actually happens (laughs) would love to see it And uh, it'll make for a much more interesting conversation when you and I come back next week to break down the Dolphins game and talk about week nine and beyond. But I'll gladly eat crawl on this one. But again, until if the Patriots keep winning, I promise you all to our dozens of listeners, I will keep picking against the Patriots and saying there's zero chance this team's going to beat them because maybe something I'm doing here is working. (laughs) No, absolutely. And uh, everyone has to do their job, Alec. We're we're back on that boat as well. And so if if it is your – uh, cross to bear to be just the the biggest Patriots hater in the world, then you must do that. You must do that for the sake of Patriots fans everywhere. Just call me Rob Parker. I'm on it. <laughs> well, Alec, unless you have any final thoughts on uh, week eight of the NFL season, uh, I'm looking forward to breaking down the Patriots Dolphins game with you next week. Uh, until next time, you have a good one. See you, everybody. Later, man.